All right, we're going to be reading from Exodus chapter 20 verses, or Exodus chapter 15, verses 20 through 27. When you have it, please say amen. And it reads, Then Miriam, the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, took the timbrel in her hand, and all the women went out after her with timbrels and with dances. And Miriam answered them, Sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and its rider he has thrown into the sea. So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea. Then they went out into the wilderness of Shur. And they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. Now when they came to Marah, they could not drink the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Marah. And the people complained against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? So he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. When he cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made a statute, a st- statute and an ordinance for them. And there he tested them and said, If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Then they came to Elam, where there were twelve wells of water and seventy palm trees. So they camped there by the waters." May God bless the readers, hearers, and doers of his word. Let's pray. Thank you. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your word this morning. God, we pray that you would move by your Holy Spirit. Father, that you would use us, speak to us. Father God, um, words, Father God, that will bring encouragement and that will bring life. Father, we thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do this morning. And Father, I thank you for the privilege, Lord, to be able to espouse your word. Take these lips of clay. Uh, take my mind. Take my hand, my hand. Take my feet. Use me, Father. I'm just here to serve you, Lord, and minister the very words, God, that you want your people to hear. We thank you and we praise you. And all God's people said amen. Amen. You may be seated in the Lord's presence. Amen. <clears throat> Hallelujah. We're beginning a new series today entitled Hard Places. Look at the name and say Hard Places. If you've been living for any length of time in the Lord, you have experienced some very challenging and very difficult times. And I know for one, I've been uh, with the Lord for a number of years. and, uh, And sometimes when you're going through a very difficult time, Uh, other believers will say things to you that sometimes kind of rub you the wrong way. Uh, You know, and when you're going through a difficult time, sometimes believers will say to you, well, you just need to trust God. And if you've been saved for a minute, and a minute, for those of you who don't know I'm talking about, that means an extended period of time. But if you've been saved for just a little while, it bugs you when somebody just simply say to you, you just need to trust God. Because after all, you've been saved for a number of years and you have been walking with God. And the last thing that you want to hear somebody say is, you just need to just get up and you just need to trust God. But reality of it is, is 
simplistic as that is, it really is really basically what it boils down to. As we understand our faith, as we understand what it means to trust God, and I would, I would admit there's a, there's a big difference between uh, a person, you know, uh, going through something and, uh, and versus just talking about something. There, there is a difference, amen? It's like the guy that goes to seminary and he never experienced anything, but all of a sudden he's going to step behind the pulpit and he have a whole world of experience to share with you. You know, it doesn't work that way. That It, it is something about a life that has been challenged by God and challenged to grow up and, and challenged even in the tough places of life. Um, how many of you like taking tests? <laughs> Nobody really liked tests. You've heard me say before in the past, and I don't mind telling you now, when I was in college, uh, I always got knots in my stomachs when it, when it came time to take a test. And I could know the material, but still, there was something about a test that kind of bugged me a little bit. Because sometimes a test, it just kind of, it really pulls out of you what's really there. And may I say to you, as a believer, you don't really know where you are until you are tested. Do you hear me? Let me put it to you this way. How many of you would go to a car? You can go to a car dealer. How many of you have brought new cars? All right. Now, for me, one of my favorite cars is a Jaguar. I just like the way a Jaguar looks. I just always like that. I just like it. But if I go to a dealership and the salesman walks up to me, and, and I can look at this car. It's, it's black just like I like it. It's shiny. He could pop open the hood of that thing, and he said, take a look at the engine. And that thing can be shiny. It could be nice. I mean, I look inside the car. It has all the bells and the whistles and the car. And that, that new car smell, it smells great, doesn't it? I mean, you smell that? Ah, oh, you, you smell that? And, and, and he can show me all that. And if he asks me, and say, okay, now you're ready to buy it, what am I going to say? Not yet. I'm like, you, before I buy this car, you need to hop over in the passenger seat, okay? And, 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 and we need to take a drive because I need, because the car can look good. The car can look the part, but, but I don't really know what this car is made of until I get in the car, turn the ignition, and drive the thing down the road. Because then I'm, and that's why they, that's how they get some of y'all, don't you? Y'all driving, you're like, oh, I'm hooked. Well, I'm just, yeah, just. But, but you gotta be, you gotta be tested. You, you gotta, you, you wanna test that car. I, I, it's another analogy I'll use. Uh, I, I like, I like, for, I like sports, I like football. And, and one of the things I've seen over the years is that, and some of you know what I'm talking about, they, they draft these college players out of college to come in the NFL. And, and these guys who haven't thrown one pass in the NFL, they will draft them and pay them guaranteed money of anywhere from 20 to $30 million. Guaranteed. They haven't thrown one pass. And there was a guy who played with the Cowboys one time. And I don't want to say his name because he might hear this message. And I don't want him one day to hear this message and not give his life to Jesus because I, I mentioned his name. But this, this guy was a bust. He was a number one pick in the draft. He was supposed to be the guy. But then when he got on the field and he got tested, he was horrible. He did not fit the bill. 
And I'm sure that some of those guys, and a lot of them were sitting back, those owners were sitting back thinking, my God, we just wasted all this. And it didn't work. The point being is that it's the same way that God works. You and I, we, we say, we'll say this every now and then. How many of you have ever prayed this prayer? Lord, increase my faith. How many of you have ever said this? Lord, I want to be like you. How many of you have ever said, Lord, I want to know with you. Lord, I want to know what it means to love you. Lord, I want to walk, Lord, in your power. I want to walk in your authority. Lord, I want to be used. I want to win a lot of people to Jesus. I want to make a difference in the earth. How many have ever prayed something similar to that? Well, understand then that more than likely, if you're going to get to that point, then you're going to have to be proven. Okay, let me, let me say it to you another way. Faith. Everybody say faith. faith. The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. Your faith does not grow in times of ease. Your faith does not grow, watch this, when you have everything the way you want, the way you like it, it's a bed of ease, there are no problems, there are no struggles, everything is just perfect. Your faith is not, your faith is not growing then. How does God grow your faith? Is he put you through the fire. Not so that you fail. You know, when you're driving that, that car down the road, when you're test driving it, you're not hoping that the car fail, right? You're proving the car that it is what it looks like. I mean, know that you can look like you're a strong Christian. You can, you can have the look. You can say all the language. But you don't really know what you're made of. Until you get on the field of life and watch this, and God put you through the test. And can I say something to you that is not popular? God puts his kids through difficult situations and circumstances. Now, I know this is not popular, but I said to you, if you stay with me, I guarantee you this word will change your life. God, you see, we're, sometimes we, and when I say we, I'm talking church leaders, we, we sometimes, we, we, we go overboard on, on, on telling people how God brings us out. And God does bring us out. And God, and, and every, and every God brings, God delivers us. We spend a whole lot of time talking about it on the front end, but we spend very little time telling the people of God that you have to learn how to endure. Endure the difficulty. Endure the suffering. I'm going to show you a verse in the Bible today. I'm going to show you the scripture today that's going to show you that what you're going through, that it is not Satan. Sometimes we blame Satan on, you know, Satan is blamed for everything, isn't he? Oh, the devil did it. Oh, the de it's the devil. You know, sometimes it's just God. And when we, we miss God. Here's what we do. We get upset when we go through the trial, right? We get troubled and we get mad, we get angry because we really do feel like I don't deserve this. God really don't deserve this. God, I should be doing this. I should be here. And, and here's what happened. So then we, we, we lose our breath and it's like, oh, okay, I, I got to find, find something new. I got to get up out of this. I got to change. Change my job. Change my church. Change my relationship. Change my Change, change, change. And, and, you know, and, and here's the problem I tell people all the time, especially when they say church, that our God is the same. So whether he goes there, is he down the street or he's here, he, he's pretty much, you got to deal with the same God. And how many know he's the same one that gives a test? So the question then becomes, how do I perceive the trial 
that I'm going through. Now, if you know that you have done, I don't want to say everything right because nobody ever does anything all right. Am I right about it? But if you know that to the best that you can do it, that you walk with God, right? You are faithful and you're going through something that is very difficult, then you need to be in a place where you're rejoicing. Now, I know you hear that. You say, well, I, 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 what, what? I'm going to show you what the Bible says that you're supposed to be. Because your trial is the precursor to that level that God want to take you. God, remember that prayer, how much you love him, how much you say. At the end of the day, God's desire is to conform you to the image of his son. God told Abraham that you are my exceeding and great reward. Abraham. God was telling Abraham. God said, Abraham, Abraham, I'm your great and exceeding reward. That we come to a place in life that we understand that at the end of the day, if I don't have nothing else, I got Jesus, I'm okay. If you can't say that yet, then trust me, you're going to be put in the fire. Because God is going to bring you to that point. Because how many know Jesus says, in this world, you're going to have trouble. How many of you got trouble? Everybody got trouble. You got trouble. You know, your trouble may not be the same. Let me, I'm stealing my introduction. I'm trying to get out of this. Help me, Lord. All right. You remember Jesus right before he died. He prayed a prayer. The only time Jesus ever prayed and asked to get out of something, a trial, because Jesus knew that he was supposed to die, right? He came to die. He, he knew that he was supposed to suffer. He understood that. But the one time that he said, Father, if it be possible, Take this cup from me. Now, he wasn't praying that because he was afraid to go through the trial. He was praying that because, number one, he was about to bear the sin of the whole world. And how many know that our sins is pretty heavy? And, and, and that he was about to be separated from God. He did not want to experience that. But Jesus, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Cup. What was in his cup? Jesus had to go to the cross. That was in his cup. What's in your cup this morning? See, we, we look at, see, we have a tendency to look at other people's cup. Look at, well, I, I like Brother Jacob's cup. I'd rather drink, drink what's out of Brother Jacob's cup. Or, you know, I, I, I really like, you know, I, I, you know, I like Brother, my cup, I don't want that. That's terrible. I, I don't want to drink this. This, this, is, this tastes terrible. It's bitter. It's nasty. And, 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 but if you don't drink that cup, you'll never go to where God wants you to be. He will keep you. Let me tell you something. He will keep you going, going. And it'll be two or three years. You'll look back and you'll see a pattern. Because he's saying, you have to drink this cup that I'm giving you. And you don't like your cup, do you? Some of you. Say, I don't like, I don't like what's in my cup. But the Bible says this. Remember concerning Jesus. He's our example, right? The, the Bible says concerning Jesus, watch this, that, that Jesus, that, that because he suffered and he died, the Bible says God now has highly exalted him. But that exaltation came from his suffering, and watch this, enduring the test. If Jesus' mindset would have been, I expect God to bless me and make sure that all the Sanhedrin and everybody is in agreement with me and that all my needs and everything is absolutely perfect, then, then, then Jesus would have been derailed. 
But he knew, he understood that I am here to suffer and to die because I know that if I'm going to get to where I want to go to, I need to drink my cup. Apostle Paul said it this way. I want to look at the context. Apostle Paul says, now I want to fellowship with his suffering. I want you to hear that. Paul says, I want to know him so much that I want to fellowship with his suffering. Now, now how did Paul get to a place where he would make such a statement? Because he knew that the key to exaltation in the things of God is to endure the test. Because the name would say, endure the test. Now, watch this. Come on now. Stay with me. Now, look with me to, uh, let, we're going to come back to this verse, but turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter number 2. When you get there, say amen. 2 Timothy chapter number 2. So y'all going to help me preach this morning or what? Amen. All right, come on, help me preach. Don't let me have to go and fast track Dennis and Regina here to get, us, get an amen out of somebody. Somebody got to say amen to help a brother out. Amen. amen. You know, I preach a little better when you say amen. All right, watch. Now, Paul is talking to young Timothy, a preacher in the ministry. But even though he's talking to Timothy, this is really, and I want you to hear this. This is really relevant to every one of us who are Christians. I want you to hear this. Paul said it this way. Now, I want to look at the name and say mindset. See, that's, that's very important as it relates to how you deal with what you're going through. What is your mindset going in? You see, if you think like a loser, more than likely, what's going to happen? Right? You always can tell a loser when you see one. Because they lost before they even got there. You can look at them, you can tell the way they walk, tell the way they talk. They, 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 they're, I, don't mean, I don't mean to call people losers. Their mentality is what I'm speaking about. You understand what I'm saying? Now watch. So mindset is very, very important. Y'all with me? Y'all want to learn something this morning? Some transformation. Stay with me. Watch this now. He said, now you therefore, my son, be strong. Everybody said, be strong. In the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Now, why would Paul be telling Timothy to be strong, Timothy? Be strong, Timothy. Well, you don't tell somebody to be strong unless there's an expectation that something is going to challenge you. You see, when you, how many know that whether you like it or not, it's just like when you sign up for the military, you know, your government property. How many know when you came to the kingdom, you're God's property? You are God. God owns you now. Right? He owns you. And that's a good thing, right? Somebody say amen. That's a good thing. You, don't want, you want that. That's good. God is good. Amen. I got an amen in. I said, God is. You therefore, my son, be strong in the Lord. He said, be strong. That is in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. But then he takes it a step further. He says, in the thing that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Now watch this. You, therefore, just in case you didn't get it the first time, you, therefore, must endure hardship. Everybody say hardship. hardship. As a good soldier of Jesus Christ. So now Paul flipped this thing because now he's using military terms. He's using military terms to express the imagery that you are in warfare and you're going to have to learn to be strong because there are going to be things that are going to come up against you. 
Not only do you have to wrestle with the enemy, the devil, the Satan, who's wrestling against you, but you also have to deal with the fact that God will prove you and he's going to allow things to happen in your life. The Bible says, listen, the Bible says all things work together for good, right? For those who love God. How many of you love God? All right, so I know that whatever I'm going through, and you got to believe this. Every time I go through a trial, I, I live this. I'm telling you, I, I tell my wife all the time. I said, honey, it doesn't matter because at some point I'm walking with God, I'm serving God. This is going to work in my favor. I'm looking at it. It don't make sense. I, I, it don't look right. But based on what he says in Romans 8.28, God causes all things to work together for my good. They may not all be good, but when, it, when I come about this, I'm going to be better. Look at your name and say, you're going to be better. You're going to be better. And so, so Paul, is, Paul is warning Timothy. He's like saying, Timothy, understand something, Timothy. It, it's going to be hard. I mean, no, it's hard being a Christian sometimes. Some of you ain't lived long enough because I would have got a more farmer. Amen. It's hard sometimes walking with God. It's difficult sometimes work, walking with God. It's difficult to love the unlovely. It's difficult to deal with people who don't like you. It's difficult for God to ask you to do something that you've been doing different all of your life. You come into the kingdom of God and everything in your flesh says no. And God is saying, yes, go this way. But your flesh says, no, I want to go the other way. It's difficult sometimes to walk with God. Amen. It's going to be hard. And you know that God, who is, he, he's a you know, they call Jesus, the disciples said he was, they call him master, which means teacher. You know, the teacher, God's going to take everything in this world and he's going to fix it so that he brings you to the point where you understand that, that, that you know how that scripture verse we says when it says that the man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. I mean, when God said that, he means it. God wants you depending on nobody but him. Watch this. Not your spouse, not your boyfriend, not your boss, not your finances. Uh, God wants to get you to a point whereby you are totally and completely relying on him. By the way, when you get to heaven, I love my wife, but you know, she ain't going to be standing with me when I, when I face Jesus. Ain't going to be none. Let me talk to both of y'all. No, I'm going to have to face him face to face myself. See, when you go before God, see, it's going to be you and him. At the end of the day, it's you and him. Amen? It won't be no marriage in, husband, in, in heaven. So that's why I say y'all married people, but enjoy it now. Because in heaven, it won't be none of that. You won't need it. Because you'll be with the light of light. You'll be with the glory. You'll be with him. See, marriage is just imagery to express the, 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 the marriage that we have with Jesus. Are you tracking with me? That's all. Mar marriage is just, marriage is a picture. But you don't need a picture when you got the real thing. Amen. Jesus, like, you remember that Coke commercial? The real, Jesus is the real thing. Amen. Hallelujah. Y'all stand with me so far? Now, now, turn with me in another verse. I got to run. Turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 4. You get there, you can say amen with me. Amen. All right, right. Are you there? Say amen. 1 Peter chapter 4. Now watch this. He says this. Now watch. Paul is encouraging, Peter is encouraging believers. And listen to what Peter says in verse number 12. Beloved. 
in 1 Peter chapter 4. Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial. Everybody say fiery. fiery. Trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. Now let me stop right there. You know when, when something really happens to us, like really bad, particularly, I'm going to take my jacket off because that mom's just a little warm. When something happened to us that's particularly bad sometimes, you know, believers, sometimes we, we, we're like, oh, 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 my God. You know, Job, when Job went through a trial, how many know Job went through a trial? I mean, brother, you ever read Job? I stayed away from Job for a lot of years. Because I was like, Lord, I don't want what Job had to go through. Job lost all his kids in one day. Ten of them. I mean, I ain't trying. Joe lost all this property in one day. I ain't trying to do all that. How many of you have had that happen in one day? <laughs> and, and Joe's friends said concerning Joe, Joe, obviously you wasn't walking with God. You, in fact, all this bad stuff has happened to you because you ain't as spiritual as you should be. You haven't been praying like you should. You haven't been seeking. Now the Bible said that Joe was an upright man. He feared God. But Job went through all this stuff. And it wasn't that God wasn't with him. God did it to show that he was with him. Some of that just went right through your head. So you go through a trial. Some, listen, the thing that you're going through is not because God is not with you, but because he is with you. Amen. Are you tracking with me? So, so Peter said, he said, think it not strange. In other words, when you're going through it, don't sit back and say, I'm walking with God. I'm praying. This ain't supposed to be happening to me. Uh, let me. Let me be. Can I give you wisdom? Can I give you revelation? Amen. It's going to happen. Listen to me. You are going to have to endure hardship. Just like the mindset we talked about. He said, be strong in the Lord. All right? So you're going to have to endure it. So the question is not like, don't be spending your life trying to figure out, okay, how I'm going to duck this. You know, sometimes it's like we're, like, we're trying to duck. It's going to catch up with you. But you don't need to fear. Because the goal is that God wants to bring you to a point that no matter what you're going through, you can still give him praise. You can still worship him. You can still shout hallelujah. I'm good. I'm good. I'm great. I'm doing all right. You can still do that when you're going through. So he said, now, think it not strange concerning the fiery. Now, I looked up the word fiery in the Greek. Can I give you a definition of what that means? Watch this. The word fiery. It, it means, watch this. Where am I? I got I to get my notes here. Fiery means intense burning. Wow. Intense suffering. Wow. Difficulty. He says, don't think it's strange concerning the fiery trial, intense trial that you're going through. How I many say, well, some of my stuff is intense? <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's fiery. I mean, it's hard. But it's almost like, but, but what did he say? How are we supposed to deal with this? I mean, come on, God. God, I'm going through this thing. He said, don't, don't, think, it, don't think it's strange, all right? Don't be surprised. Don't act like this ain't supposed to happen to me because I grew up in a church. I serve the Lord. I go to church every Sunday. You know, I, I pay my tithes. I pay my offering. I serve the Lord. I'm faithful. I'm faithful than brother so-and-so. I'm more faithful than sister so-and-so. So therefore, it ain't supposed to happen to me. Somebody lied to you. Now watch. 
Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial. I'm on fire this morning. Which is to try you. Which is to try you as though something strange happened to you. But verse 13, what did he say do? But rejoice. You, you got to be kidding me. Why am I rejoicing? Why would Peter tell me to rejoice over what I'm having to deal with? Think about what you're dealing with. He says rejoice. Why? Just keep reading. How many are enjoying the word right now? Amen. But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings. Mm. That when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. How many know God wants to get glory out of your situation? Jesus has said concerning one man that this sickness is not unto death, but so that the glory of God may be manifest in that situation. So in other words, what he's saying is the more intense the suffering, the more intense the joy is going to be. So as low as you go, you're going to get that much higher. That's what he's saying. So that when his glory is revealed, now we know ultimately how this thing is going to end up, right? I mean, you know, heaven is a massive praise party. We ain't party yet. <laughs> it's going to be good. But, but I believe that there's a glory for us right here. I mean, God give us moments of glory where we just rejoice in his goodness. We rejoice in his victory. We rejoice in what he does. Now, let's go to Exodus chapter 15. Now, now watch this. Now, I want you to hear this. My main verse this morning. Y'all stay, y'all gotta stay with me. Amen. Stay with me, please. Don't don't leave me. Don't leave me. We're just getting we're just getting started, but we're almost finished. How's that? Make y'all feel better? <laughs> we just getting started, but we're almost finished. Now watch. So in Exodus chapter 15, this is amazing. Uh, God brought the people out, the people of Israel. Let me give you a little bit of background. The children of the children of God, Israel, were in oppression for a number of years, about 400 years, under Pharaoh. How many know that's a long time to be oppressed? Amen. They cried out. <laughs> I said 400 years. Did y'all hear that? I mean, that's a long time to be oppressed. So they cried to God. Now, just to give you some idea, I just want you to understand that God's timetable ain't yours. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But see, do y'all read y'all Bibles? Is it, we glanced over that 400 years. That means that there was a lot of years that some folk were under oppression for a long time. Some died under that oppression. All right, okay. Now, you mean God thinks globally, God thinks bigger than where you are. You got to get that. You, you got to understand that. So, watch this. So, here we are in this place. The children of Israel get delivered. God brings them out with a mighty hand. Pharaoh had been oppressing them and, and beating them and making them work hard. And they cried unto God. And God, through a series of miracles, bring them out. So Pharaoh agrees and he lets the people go. So the people are praising. They're, they're moving on their way. God brought about a deliverance. Finally, the people of God is getting out of that place. All of a sudden, Pharaoh changed his mind. So when Pharaoh changed his mind, Pharaoh decided to come back and get them. Well, the children of Israel looked behind them and, oh, there it is. Pharaoh, here they go. Lord, Lord. And then they start, now, now you got to understand something. As they're moving forward, what's in front of them is a Red Sea. Uh, so they are trapped. Behind them is Pharaoh's army. In front of them is a Red Sea. They got nowhere to go. So what are we going to do? So they start complaining to Moses. Moses, 
you brought us way out here to kill us. You know, they said that a lot. It's amazing how we cry to God to deliver us, but then when he started the delivering process, we get mad at him because we don't like the methodology and how he does it. But that's a whole nother story. So they're crying out to God. And, and, so, and so now God said, now Moses, and Moses, then Moses started talking to God on behalf of the people. God, God, what do we go? God said, look, tell my people to keep moving. See, that's the word. I mean, no, you got to keep moving. See, you may not know nothing else. You may not know theology. You may not even have a word, but you can know this. Keep moving. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm just going to keep, I'm going to keep moving as I'm going through. And as they moved, God, God did a miracle. God parted a Red Sea. I mean, God parted a Red Sea. Think about it. God opened, think about the Atlantic Ocean. God opened it up. So they hit feet. God just opened the thing up, made it dry, and the people walked on dry land. Pharaoh's army come behind them. Pharaoh's army gets drowned. Okay? They are, for those who need interpretation, God killed them all. Now, watch. So as he got rid of all of them, so all of a sudden, the people of God, boy, they begin to worship God. They, how many know your praise come out of your victory? See, the reason why some of y'all don't like to praise because you, okay. All right, so your praise come out of your victory. See, when, when God delivers you out of stuff, you are commanded to give him praise. Amen. Oh, Lord. Said, Pastor. Now watch. Look, look at, look at this. Uh, I think you're already in, in the Exodus, right? In Exodus chapter 15, I'm going to show you a little bit. All right, stay with me. Y'all still with me? All right. Look at verse number one in Exodus 15. Then Moses and the children of Israel sang this song to the Lord. Now, I want you to know what they sang. Now, God, I, you know what God just did for him, right? Thank you. You know what God just did for him, right? God just, made, God just brought him out. God just delivered them. Watch. He just delivered them. Now, watch this. And he says, now what? Then Moses and the children of Israel sang this song to the Lord and spoke. I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and its rider he has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise him, my Father God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh chariots and his army he has cast into the sea. He has chosen captains, also are drowned in the Red Sea. The depths have covered him. They sank to the bottom like a stone. Your right hand, O Lord, has become glorious in power. Your right hand, O Lord, has dashed the enemy in pieces. And in the greatness of your excellence, you have overthrown those who rose against you. You sent forth your wrath. It consumed them like stone. Double. And with the blast of your nostrils, the waters were gathered together. The flood stood upright like a heap, and the depths congealed, oh, congealed in the heart of the sea. And the enemy said, I will pursue, I will overtake, I will divide the spoil. My desire shall be satisfied on them. I will draw my sword, my hand shall destroy them. But you blew your wind, the sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. <laughs> Now, I, I had to show you all that because I got to get this point over to you, see? Now, see, see so they, they praised God, did they not? And their, their praise was relevant to their situation. See, sometimes we just need to make up some songs. You know what I mean? Say, so, you know what? I couldn't pay my electric bill last week, but God made a way for me. I couldn't pay my mortgage, but God made a way for me. Just make, just... Praise them, talk about, sing about what, how many of God delights in that? Amen. 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 
You know, God, I, I, I thank you, Lord. I had a tough time. I had a left week last week, but God, you delivered me. You got rid of my wicked boss. Hallelujah, God, I give you. You follow what I'm saying? Amen. See, that's Bible. We need to praise God like that. I mean, praise him according to his greatness and what he's done in your life. You can't talk about what he's done in mine, but you can talk about what he did for you. And so when you come here and sing on Sunday morning, it ain't about what's going on up there. It's about what God did in you. And you come to say, Lord, I thank you. I made it through another week. Because you know that the reason you got breath in your body is because God said today, breathe. That's why you're here. So don't come up in here with your pompous attitude. Come in here and humble yourself and realize who you serve. Now watch. But we got a problem. So, look at verse 20. So then Miriam the prophetess, Miriam, everybody say Miriam, Miriam. the sister of Aaron, took the timbre, so she took the timbre, in her hand, and all the women went after her with timbrels and with what? Y'all didn't know it's okay to dance in the presence of the Lord. Did y'all know that? You know, that's why we, you know, ultimately where we want to go is we want to get to a point in our praise service that we have banners, and we make it a celebration, worship, Worship. They had timbrels. You know, in the old, I grew up in the old church. They used to have those little timbrels. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. I mean, you came to church, my mom used to have that little timbrel. Ting, ting. I mean, and they would work that thing, boy, I'm telling you. Now, some of you grew up in different backgrounds. You don't know what that means. But I grew up, they had timbrels, baby. I'm just, everybody came. Look, we didn't have no music. We didn't have no, we just came to tip, we the wore that thing. Boy, and I'm telling you, and God, I'm talking to best worship. You know why? Because the people felt it. Because God had did something, and they came to church to let God know, I thank you for what you did in my life. I thank you, Lord, for how you brought me out. God, I want to give you so much praise. So when I say I love you, I really love you because of what you did in my life. Now watch this, now watch this, stay with it. So, so Miriam took, so she, they all went out after her with timbrels and with dances. Verse 21, and Miriam answered them, saying to the Lord. So Miriam, she's leading the praise worship, the praise team. Miriam, she said, sing to the Lord. It's almost like, man, look, everybody sing. For he has triumphed what? Gloriously. In other words, she said, look, after what God did for you, you need to sing. Open your mouth. The horse and his rider, he has thrown into the sea. Now, watch this. Now, uh-oh. But here's the problem. So Moses brought them, brought Israel from the Red Sea. Then they came into the wilderness of Shur. Everybody say Shur. Sure. Hmm. And they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. Now, let's stop right there. Okay, let's stop. Wait a minute now. Here's a God. Now, you got to understand something. They didn't just stumble in the wilderness. All right? You got to understand that. All right? God had his GPS system. And you know what his GPS system was? Y'all thought the GPS just came into being about five, six years ago? No, no, no. God had one way back. He led the people. Watch this. If you look at it, you, you can just turn there and write it down. In, verse, in chapter 13 of Exodus, verses 21 through 22. 22. So the children of Israel, this is how they did it when they got delivered. All right? I, I, want you, I want you to pay attention. Watch. So whenever God... The way they knew where to go was the guy had a, a pillar of cloud by day. So there was a cloud. So the cloud would lead them. Okay, y'all stand with me? Amen. 
So everywhere they went, they followed the crowd. And at nighttime, if they were doing any traveling, there was a pillar of fire. So God led the people by pillar, by cloud and by pillar of fire. They didn't do anything. They didn't, so, so in other words, when God stopped, the cloud went behind them and the cloud stopped, then they stopped. They did not move until the cloud moved. When the cloud moved, they followed. Or at night, if they're traveling at night, you know how your GPS turned to night thing, you know. Uh, at night, all right, when, they, when they, there was a pillar of fire, so that's how they led. So that's how they went, everything they did. So, so we understand something. So the people of God now have been delivered. They've been praising God, and God just God brought me out. But then all of a sudden, God leads them to a place, a dry place, a hot place in that region where there's no water for how many days? Now, you know, God could have kind of like, God, if you're going to do this, you might want to like, you know, <laughs> I mean, you are the great supply. Can I like get water like today? I mean, because my baby, you know, you got babies crying. Y'all mamas know what I'm talking about. And daddy, babies crying. I mean, um, how many of you went three days out of water? How many of you have gone three days? No, you look at me like you're crazy. Three days and they are moving. But who led them there? God. Okay, there was a pillar. You got that verse right in Exodus chapter 13, verse 21 and 22. That's how God led them. That's how they went. There's no record at all that they deviated from what God said. God led them. Now, watch. So God leads them, and they come to a place where there is no water. Now, that's bad enough. But something else happened, too. There's a, I mean, he don't stop there. Watch this. He doesn't stop there. Verse 24. No, let's look at, look at verse 23. And now when they came to Myra, everybody say Myra. Myra. Everybody say Myra again. Myra. When they came to Myra, they could not drink the waters of Myra, for they were what? Okay, all right, God. So not only <laughs> did they didn't have water for three days, didn't have water for three days, but God compounds the problem that when they do find water, they can't drink it. <laughs> All right. It's like, you know, how many know you would, you know, if you were in that congregation, you better say, Pastor Moses don't know what he's doing. Obviously, God, ain't, God would not lead me into that. God would not lead me to a place where there is no, 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 I am anointed. I am a child of, God would not lead me to a place where there is no water. No way. I mean, God, no, so obviously God ain't in this. I'm, I'm getting up out of here. I'm relocating. I'm going to a different spot because obviously, why you leave? God ain't in there. Them people got wandering around, they ain't got no water. And then, then they found some water in the water. They can't drink it because they kill them. It's bitter. You see the point? You see how we get? See, how many know that we're? You know, the Bible, God used to call the children of Israel back then, he used to call them a stiff-necked people. He said they were hard-headed. Y'all know y'all hard-headed? No, let's, all of us are hard-headed. We are. We, we want our way. We want, and boy, if it don't go the way we want, we'd be just like them. Look, 
Take me back to Egypt. At least in Egypt, we had some waters, we had some melons, and we had some cucumbers. That's what they said. You read subsequent chapters, that's all they talk about. They want to go back. Well, wait a minute. When they were in Egypt, they was crying like a baby. God, get me out of here. And God started moving them. It's like, no, 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 God, I want to go back. I want to go back. I want to go back. Make up your mind. If you want to walk on the deep, baby, you got to let go. Come on. If you want, look, Peter, the Lord said to Peter, Peter, Peter said, Peter said, Lord, bid me come. Peter was walking on water. But he took his eyes off Jesus. He began to what? Sink. I mean, no, it's all about him. God don't make no mistakes. I want you to get it. God led them to that place. Do you know, watch this. God will lead you into places that are very difficult. Now, I know for some of you that might have messed your theology up because you think, it's the truth. You read about the Apostle Paul. I mean, he went through hungry, being beaten, almost dying, and he was preaching. He was in jail, committed. And this boy went through a lot, but he was anointed of God. I mean, he said, Pastor Paul was anointed, but if you looked at his life, you'd be like, he, he, he obviously, God ain't with him. Look at this. He going through, God cannot be in that. God, surely. See, and that's the way those people were thinking, you know. Their mindset was, see, they just got delivered. So they thought that it's always supposed to be like this. See? And it ain't always supposed to be like that. Well, let me take that back. It's always supposed to be like that, but your situation should not change that. See, God wanted to get them to a point where they can do like this, no matter what they are going through. You follow me? Because God is working, right? If God is working and he let me here, why would God lead me to a place where there's no water after you just delivered me? Now, God haven't brought, can I just say something? God have not brought you this far to leave you out there. Come on, somebody. God is faithful. He's not going to bring you out. When God brings you out, he's about to bring you into something. But you must stay put. And what? Endure it because God is doing something. He's laying something in your life. Remember we talked about how your faith, how your faith is, 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 is magnified. Your faith grows in times of, see, in, in times of difficulty. That's what God was doing to them. Now watch. Let's keep reading. Are you still with me? We're almost finished. I promise we're almost finished. Watch. Um, so, verse 25. Well, look at verse 24. And the people complained against Moses. How many you know the church, church people complain all the time? If you don't know it, I know it. They complain all the time. <laughs> Every time I turn around, somebody got an issue. Always. I get to, that's the way it is. So he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. Show Moses tree. When he cast it into the waters, when he cast it into the waters, the water was made what? Sweet. Sweet. <laughs> Wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. God cast it. See, here's what God is saying, see. God is saying, God, see, some of you have been in some bitter places. Just bitter. When we talk about that cup, I don't like that cup. But what God is saying is, if you stay with me, if you endure the test, I make your situation, though it's bitter, I'll make it sweet. Amen. He said, more casting wood. The wood went into the water, and all of a sudden, the water became sweet. What was God doing? 
Okay, y'all, I'm glad y'all asked. I saw that y'all asked that question. <laughs> he said, verse 25, so, so he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. When he cast it into the waters, the water were made sweet. There he made a statue and an ordinance for them, and there he did what? All right. How are you doing on the test? How are you doing on the test? Are you still rejoicing in the test, or are you complaining every day about your test? God, I don't like this test. Give me another one. Give me multiple choice. Better yet, give me one with all the answers. I, I don't like this. Give me one that I can see everything. It don't, how do you know it don't work that way? God tested them, but God was wanting to show. Now, 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 here's the interesting thing. Look at that verse. I think it's verse 27. Then, because you know God is a God of purpose, right? There are no accidents in God. Amen. All right? Look at verse 27. Then they came to where? Verse 27. Elam. Say it nice and loud. Well, there, there were 12 wells of water and 70, what? So they camped there by the waters. <laughs> now, you know, God could have just took them straight up to Elam. But God made a stop along the way and said, I need to bring you to some bitter waters. Because you want to be like me. See, see like I said, you don't know where you really are with God until you go through some stuff. Amen. You got to be tested. You, you got to be proven. But, you, but here's the great thing. God is building you up. God is taking you, God is taking you places. And, and, and all of a sudden, see, see, Elam is what we want. All, see, we just, see, we want Elam. I don't want Myra. Everybody say, I don't like Myra. But Myra is the thing that's going to take you to the next place. Amen. See, Myra is that thing. See, Myra represents hardship, pain, trials, difficulty. Myra, we don't like Myra. <laughs> We want Elam. Amen. Give me Elam. I want the, I want the, the, 20, the 70 palm trees. I, I want that. God is saying, I'm going to take you there. You see, all of Myra is just a, just a precursor to take you to where that is. You know, God is, ta- you know, God is taking you somewhere. Amen. You're not just out here just kind of like, I know you feel that way sometimes, but you're not out here floundering. God is taking you someplace. Amen. All right. Last verse and we're done. James chapter number one. James chapter one. You run there. Run there with me. And we're done. Amen, amen, amen. I didn't do too bad on time today, did I? I've been trying to get better with that. Y'all been, you know. Y'all there, James chapter one? Amen. <laughs> James, a bond servant of God, of the Lord Jesus Christ. How many know that's a good that's a good resume right there. James, a bondservant. Stephen, a bondservant of Jesus Christ. Kenny, a bondservant of Jesus Christ. Lawrence, a bondservant. I mean, that's, that's what I want to be like. I want you to care, Pastor Gary. Now, this is Gary, a bondservant. That's why I am a bondservant of Jesus Christ. I'm on a hook for Jesus. How do you say I'm on a hook for Jesus? You need to get on the hook for him. Come on. If he ain't there, you better go there. Now watch. Jesus, James, a bond servant of God and of the Lord Jesus. To the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad. Greetings. Now he's saying hello. Now he's about to get rough. Watch. My brethren, 
count it all joy. <laughs> Somebody say joy. joy. When you fall, how I many know you all, we all fall in some stuff, don't we? <laughs> Into various trials. That means a variety of them. He says, now count it all joy. How many of you been counting it joy when you fall into trials? How many of you, when you, how many of you when, when you see a trial, you go, Mwah! thank you, child. Hallelujah. Good to see you, child. Come to me. Mwah! Thank you, child. Yeah, I've been waiting for you all day. Come on, trial. No. But he says, count it all joy. You see where God is taking you to? Not this superficial stuff, but a level that you can look at your trials and think and realize that, you know what, I'm going through this. I don't like this, but you know what? I'm going to joy in God because I know that Elam is right in front of me. Elam. How I many know you, you're not going to stay in Myra forever? Now, some of us, we, we, we hang out in Myra too long. We hang out in Myra because we don't want to do what God tells us to do. And then we, we, you see, the children of Israel wanted to go back. I didn't tell y'all all that, but if you go, go read, I mean, they were like, uh, back to Egypt we go. <laughs> but they had to go through Myra. See, God is saying to you today, you got to go through Myra, but it's okay. Because I'm taking you to a level that the circumstances of this world don't shake your faith. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces what? Patience. Now, I looked at the word patience. Y'all know I've been looking up some words. Patience means this, the ability to accept or tolerate delay. How I many know we, that's, a, that's a big thing with us, right? We live in uh, a society that wanted fast. What's, what's some fast food places? They got a slogan. Uh, not having your way, but something about fast. I don't know. I, I, I might, it eludes me. But, but we live in a microwave society. Am I right about it? We want things fast. We don't like to go through trials. We, if we go through a trial, we want it to end like yesterday. Right? But God, you know, God is building patience in you. The ability, I looked it up. I'm telling you, go back and study for yourself. Pastor won't lie to you. To accept or tolerate delay and trouble without being angry or upset. Wow. How I many you say, Lord, help me? <laughs> I, I see it on your face. It's like, Pastor, I can't, can't do that. But he said, verse 4, but let patience have its perfect work. In other words, stay the course. Don't walk out of it. Stay in it. See, that's the problem. You keep jumping up out of it. Stay in it. See, the problem is we keep jumping out of it. When God is saying, no, 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 no. You need this. I, I, want, I, I want to take you through this because this is what you need in order to get to Elam. You see, I need you to deal with this. And, and, and so deal with it. Look at the name say deal with it. And endure it. And watch. And we're done. He said, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect, complete, and lacking nothing. <laughs> every head is bowed, every eye is closed this morning. Hallelujah. Now, you've been hearing this word this morning, and, and I know the Holy Spirit has spoken to you. 
this is a good time to just get your heart right. You say, Pastor, I, I know that my attitude has sucked. That I have not been patient in trials. In fact, I have thrown in the towel on multiple occasions. And God has been giving you this test over and over again, and you can't figure out why you keep going around in circles. But God is speaking today to you. Just take a moment before we take communion here. We're going to do communion. And search your hearts and ask God to reveal to you any place, anywhere where you have not responded the way that he wants you to respond in your trial. So examine our hearts if there's any, any unconfessed sin before we take communion. Communion this morning, we need to pray and ask the Lord and invite him to just take and root out of us everything that's not like him. Thank you, Lord. We give it over to you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, we're going to have everybody, since we're kind of thin today, we'll just have everybody to come up starting with this side. You can serve yourselves and then go back to your chairs and we'll take you in together. Just come on up, get in the line and grab a communion cup and you can go back to your seats and we'll commune with the Lord together. Whenever you take communion, it's a great time to, obviously, you remember the Lord's death until he comes back. But the way that we remember that is, is that we look into our life and we allow the Holy Spirit to drive out of us everything that is not like him. And so communion is sacred, it's holy, because it's the body and the blood of Jesus. And so when you take communion, it's for believers. It's a, it's a moment that we become one with him. Many in the Corinthian church, they had died because they didn't realize how sacred this is. So make sure that when you take communion, that you get confess your sins to God. Whatever it is, just confess it and make sure your heart is right. And then we take communion together with a clear conscience as we await the return of our Lord and 
And while we're waiting, we're living joyously. We're, we're coming through Myra on our way to Elam because we are trusting in him. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread and he had given thanks. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Father, we thank you for your body that was bruised, beaten for our iniquities. Sanctify us, Lord, as we partake of this bread this morning, we pray. In Jesus' name, shall we take it together. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Father, we thank you for your blood that will never lose his power. Father, will you sanctify us in heart and spirit? And Father, help us, Lord, to walk with you in a new way after we drink this cup this morning. We thank you for your healing power and your blood, God, that, that will never lose his power. It is our security. It is your blood secures our eternal salvation. And we drink this cup in remembrance of that. And we thank you for it. May we drink together. Amen, amen, amen. This pass goes to your right. And some to your left as the ushers will come and collect those. Amen. I just want to encourage you. How many of you enjoyed what God shared with you this morning? Amen. Amen. Well, listen, here's the, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. We need you to walk in it. Amen. Walk in it. Listen, you're going through a test. You're going through a trial. But you need to know something. God is still with you. Amen. God is still with you. He hasn't left you. Just stay faithful. Just stay faithful and watch what God do. Amen? Steve, you want to come and close us? Amen. 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 Church, please give God some praise for the word today, the powerful message. Please stretch forth your hands towards God towards thank heaven. You. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, Father, for your word today. Such a powerful message. We thank you so much, Lord Jesus. Please give us strength to endure all tests and trials that you let us go through, Father. We know that you'll be with us every step of the way. And Father God, we pray that you please heal those who are sick and please help those who are in need, Lord Jesus. We love you and we thank you for everything that you've done for us, Father God. We praise your name. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen.